Hello, world singers! My name is Brooke. And I'm Tyler. And these are Cosmere, Cosmere Conversations. everyone so excited to have you with us today we are looking at magic on scadrial i know it's very difficult to rip yourself out of rishar i've just been living on rishar for the last two weeks it was kind of hard to get into scadrial but i think we are seeing in the cosmere you know everything is connected so it never hurts to check out everything that is there because most likely it is going to come around again yeah and i think that the reason we're going with scadrial we have kind of mentioned here and there before but just to be as clear as possible scadrial the home planet of the mistborn universe is the most developed of the cosmere stories there are the most novels that take place on scadrial it is not the oldest book that Brandon wrote, uh, but it is certainly his big trilogy that kind of uh, launched him to stardom. Yeah, one of the most ongoing. Yes, absolutely. And because of that, we have seen the development of not just Brandon as an author and as a writer, but also the development of magic systems. And I think that for most people... Uh, as an introduction to the Cosmere, I normally say Mistborn unless they really want a single book or like a novella length. But if they're like, hey, I'm in it, I'm ready for it, what is all about this Cosmere? I just go start with Mistborn because it's a perfect escalation yeah. of characters and powers and the greater Cosmere. It really kind of introduces the character to like what is the big picture through that first Mistborn trilogy. Yeah, I agree. It's a good portal because it's not so Cosmere heavy that it's like overwhelming or that a new person would not really, you know, understand all the connections. It starts off pretty basic, it, you know, stands alone really well, but it does build on top of itself uh, over the course of both um, series that we have in that world so far so that if you do want to start getting into the Cosmere, you have a really good platform to do that. And that's what we hope this podcast can help us out with, either as a reminder for those people returning to Scadrial mm -hmm. or uh, those who are just kind of reading for the first time and getting into maybe that Era 2 from Era 1 or The Secret History. We're going to look at the magic on Scadrial. One of the most defined magic systems. We know a lot about it. We have a lot of the information and the research coming from the Copper Mine, coming from the novellas and kind of extra books as well. Yeah, and I think it's one of the most complex. Absolutely. Honestly, I find it a little bit overwhelming. <laughs> it is complex because it's rooted in the metallic arts and that's the name given in world for the three different primary magic systems that we're going to look at on scadrial and these three 
primary manifestations of investiture. Well, I think first you have to say that the magic is based on metal. So metal is invested. Yes. And then the ways that you can use all of those different invested metals are... Through allomancy, through ferrucamy, and through hemallergy. So you have those three kind of arts that they make up the metallic arts and those exist on Skadrill because metal is invested. We talked about this a lot when we were in episode three, I think, uh, Realmatic Theory, but we know because of Mistborn's secret history that on Skadrill, metal and souls appear the same in the cognitive realm. Mm-hmm. Last week we were looking at Rashar and what there they would call the cognitive realm being Shadesmar. Uh, the souls appear as a flicker of light or mm-hmm. a small flame. In Skadriel, in that cognitive realm, you're going to see an identical flame or signifier of the soul in both metal and the human soul. And a large part of that is because Skadriel is one of the only planets. This is coming from Arcanum Unbounded, which is written in world by Chris, who lets us know that Skadriel is one of only two places in the Cosmere where humankind does not predate the arrival of the shards, ruin and preservation, respectively. Right, so they actually created the race of humans that we see on Skadriel. And so because they created not just the race, but I also think that they created the planet of Skadriel, that the planet itself actually didn't exist, uh, but we need more exploration into that specific example. The humans there have this connection to metal, and through metal you can perform allomancy, ferrucamy, and hemallergy. Are we ready to dive into those three powers? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think... Yeah, we might as well just go right into it. Okay. So, with those three powers, the way that they're described in-world is having a relationship to one of the two shards. And on many of these worlds with two different shards the magic systems developed so that you have kind of three magic systems one that is connected directly to the individual shards well i think no i don't think it even has to do with the shards i think all investiture has an end positive an end neutral and an end negative effect or aspect so it doesn't matter how many shards are there we have seen this pattern of three in all uh systems of investiture this idea being of end positive end neutral and end negative is tied to these three metallic arts allomancy is of preservation and is called end positive which basically means that the magic system actually creates uh, something and is adding something, the alimentic Yeah, so you don't really have to spend anything in order to gain something 
is the idea. When it comes to allomancy. And then we have Ferukami, which is in neutral and is kind of a blending of the two powers. We'll dive so into you, the specifics. Yeah, in just you put a in exactly what you get out. So you don't win, you don't lose, you break even. And hemallergy is in negative, which means every time that hemallergy happens, there is a loss of power. Your starting point is always going to be greater than your ending point. Yes. So let's dive into these magic systems individually and we'll kind of break them down one by one, starting with the most common, allomancy. Allomancy is what we see in Mistborn being used by our gang, primarily. Kelsier uh -huh. and Vin are our two full Mistborns with access to all the different powers. Yeah, so you have Mistborn who can use all of the invested metals, and then Mistings who can only use one of the metals. And in Mistborn Era 1, it begins with the belief that there are 10 metals that are available for allomancers to use. But fairly quickly, it becomes clear that that's inaccurate or that there's another metal. Kelsier right. calls it the 11th metal. Uh, we eventually are going to realize that allomancy and all metallic arts are based on 16 metals that exist on Skadriel, as well as two god metals. That's correct, right? Or is it 14 and then two god metals? Well, it's kind of weird with the god metals because first you have Ruin and Preservation, who each have a metal, but then you have Harmony, who also has a metal. So it seems like whenever you get a new shard mm -hmm. you get a new metal and then yeah. you also have to account for all the alloys that can be made with that metal yeah so, so we'll hold off on the alloys for a moment just to be as clear as possible there are 16 base metals and all of these metals for the most part are things that also exist in our physical universe uh there are a couple of ones that do not but they're kind of the base 16 metals and then, like Brooke said, there are god metals that seem to be tied to the individual shards. So there's a god mm. metal for ruin and a god metal for preservation. And now there's a god metal for harmony as well. But let's begin mm -hmm. by looking at the 16 base god metals. We're yeah. going to go through them all. We're going to list the powers and maybe... Uh, a primary user of them that we see sure. in the books. Do you want to... And we're just doing allomantic powers right now? Allomancy okay. only. We won't cool. we'll do the others by themselves. Okay. Excellent. So why don't you start us off telling us about the most physical metals, the, the metals mm. that have a, a physical component, and there are four of them. Yeah, so all the metals are broken into... Um, sort of categories as well, and they tend to work in pairs. The two physical basic metals are iron, which pulls on external metals, or steel, which pushes. So that kind of duality of push and pull, we see virtually everywhere in the Cosmere, but it's especially apparent on Skadrio. Mm -hmm. Iron pulls metals, steel pushes metals and that basically 
It works similarly to the Windrunners, I think, where it yes. gives them sort of a pseudo ability to quote-unquote fly. Yes. It's not really flying, but they kind of get that effect by being able to push and pull off of metal in their surrounding to achieve liftoff. Absolutely. And obviously a Mistborn is going to be able to master that ability of both iron and steel. And Kelsier is described as one of the most talented or often just like the most talented Mm -hmm. iron and steel user that we have seen in the Cosmere. Mm -hmm. Like his gift, his specialty, what he was good at was using both iron and steel in this kind of way that allowed him not just the ability to fly, but also fight in, you know, crazy, misborn ways. Yeah. And then later on we see Wax, who just has steel, right? He pushes only? Yes. Yeah. So he is able to achieve a similar effect. He doesn't have quite as much flexibility as if he had iron as well, but similar effect with just one of those metals. Absolutely. And then the other physical metals that we see are tin and pewter. So tin is going to increase the senses. Sense of smell, sense of touch, sense of taste, sense of hearing, and sight. The kind of five basic senses. Leaving off that there are more than five basic senses... That's totally not here or there. Maybe it does increase your proprioception as well, but they just didn't have the oh, words to talk about that. Yeah. Um, because does Spook... Spook is the main person who is a tin misting in Mistborn Era. Tin eye. Yes, a tin eye. Does it ever talk about Spook having excellent balance? I feel like it does when he is... Yeah, no, they definitely talk about Tin improving your balance. Okay, so... Because I feel like Vin talks about that too when she uses Tin. Okay, so they may describe that like, oh, Tin improves your balance because it's increasing your sense of touch. Uh, But maybe in reality, Brandon is actually playing with the other senses that have been identified. One being proprioception... Uh, which is the ability to sense where your body is in space and can help a lot with, is controlled a lot by the inner ear. And that would make sense. That would definitely make sense. But it's not mentioned specifically other than increasing those kind of five basic senses. Mm -hmm. Then we have pewter, which increases all physical abilities, namely strength, speed, endurance. Mm. The... Pewter arms, as they are called, uh, if they are misting, are often hired as mercenaries. Bodyguards. Yes. Uh, These are kind of your very stereotypical, you know, big lineman jock characters who are are strong and powerful and are going to be like up front in any type of fight or battle or bar brawl. Yeah, like solid, just physical power. Absolutely. One of the aspects of pewter is that with the ability to increase your physical endurance, uh, many of the pewter arms are going to appear physically strong. And that's be- like uh, what I mean. So the big, broad shoulders, you know, gigantic oh, like forms. like very muscular. Yes. And that part of that is because they can lift weights 
to gain mm. those bigger muscles for longer. for longer. So they have the ability to kind of not only just lift more weight generally, but their endurance can also be increased. So th- mm. the physical appearance of many pewter arms, pewter mistings, is going to match their ability, which doesn't always happen. True. The major or the main character from Mistborn Era 1 that is a pewter misting is Ham, who goes on to be a general in Ellen's army uh, and kind of really fits that soldier persona or stereotype. One of the things that I love about Mistborn is that it starts with kind of very cliche characters. Ham, big strong guy. He's a pewter arm. He's going to lift things. Yay. And it develops to get more and more in-depth in the characters. Yeah, uh, they all get really well-rounded. Absolutely. Those are our four kind of physical metals that uh, adjust physical aspects of the world around you. Let's go into the more mental metals. Yeah, then we have zinc and brass, which are a pair. And zinc riots or sort of inflames the emotions of others, while brass soothes or dampens emotions. Um, And I think the interesting thing about this pair is that they can essentially have the same effect, because Mm -hmm. if you use them sort of in opposite ways, you can achieve the same end result. So, for example, uh, if you are using zinc to increase a person's sadness, you get the same effect as if someone using brass is dampening a person's happiness. Yes, and that is really something that is important to recognize and we begin to understand how these specific powers are used through Breeze. And Breeze... Oh man, he is just like a connoisseur. He is such a talented, he has such a deft, um, delicate practiced hand at this and just for breeze i mean i'm gonna mention his last name as well breeze ladrian his last name being important because he is the ancestor of wax waxillium waxillium ladrian in mistborn era 2 uh so keep keep in mind that one and Breeze is a soother, so he has the ability to use brass. As Brooke said, he's the master at it. What we eventually find out is that Breeze is basically always soothing. He basically never stops. Yeah, it's like a second soothing. nature to him. He yes. just does it like he breathes. And when you think about it, that is the way that people who are very extroverted or very socially conscious, emotionally aware, that's mm-hmm. how they describe their behavior as well. You don't have a, you know, an extroverted person who says like, well, sometimes I turn on my magic power and I go talk <laughs> to people. No, it's just they they feel it. They just like, "Oh, I want to go have this conversation or I want to be outside or I want to help this individual whatever." And that's what Breeze is doing. He's yeah. basically just like living well, as a same, Like similarly to what you're saying, like the idea of empathy, like mm-hmm. people who are exceptionally empathetic, which I think Breeze is. Yes, me too. Um, I think he kind of has to be in order to have as skilled of a grasp as he does on his metal. You know, they just are constantly 
feeling the emotional states of the people around them, and then Breeze has the ability to do something yes. about that, which I think is really beautiful, and we see him often using it to help uh, his friends. He, he deeply cares about them, and he's constantly sort of reaching out to soothe their worries or bring up their happiness or, you know, to affect them in a positive way. Now, Breeze is the noted soother from Mistborn Era 1, but his first... His partner? Yeah, well, first it's like his captive, uh, and then realizing <laughs> he's not really in charge of that situation. Uh, but eventually, yes, his partner, his wife... Alrianne. Alrianne is a rioter. Is that correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... Uh, they... Which fits her personality so really perfectly. Does. She's just like super energetic, super bubbly, um, and they just have this really cute relationship where they're both soothing and rioting all the time. And I love that pairing, that combo, and obviously it is going to be the the ancestors that eventually yeah. lead to a Wax and Mistborn Era too. So those are the main emotional metals but we have two more because each, each kind Are of grouping these ones has considered four emotional i didn't know that yes these are the emotional metals or the metals that are affecting interior mm, is that how internal. they describe internal yeah that external could metals? be yeah like external push and pull versus an internal push and pull would be like zinc and bronze exactly so everything every group of four has a pairing with the other ones well we have uh, copper and bronze and copper is going to appear to be very pointless pointless yeah <laughs> it's it's not as active as these other metals so we have copper the ability to hide the pulses that are created anytime somebody is using allomancy yeah so i think to understand that we have to talk about the pairing of copper which is bronze which allows one to sort of hear I don't know how literal that is, but hear or detect in some detect, way yeah. allomantic pulses. So since you do have these people, individuals who are able to find the person using allomancy or feel the people using allomancy around them, you also have a necessity for the opposite, someone who can hide people using allomancy. Now in the main group, Clubs, is a copper misting and he's able to provide cover for everyone in the group. Yeah, which is really important in the Final Empire because you have people hunting. Yeah. 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 Uh, and what is probably most interesting and, and most important is that Vin, who's a full Mistborn and has all, all of these powers, has a hemallergic spike in the form of an earring that is made from bronze. Now we'll talk about hemallergy in just a moment, but that earring, when it's worn by Vin, allows her to have extra powers when it comes to bronze, basically boosting the power of her bronze ability. So she's actually able to see, hear, sense through a copper cloud. So even if someone is actively attempting to hide allomantic usage, Vin is still able to detect it, which 
helps her out quite a bit. <laughs> it helps her out quite a bit and is also the hint that Ruin is impacting and affecting Vin uh, through that hemallergic spike. Yeah, and then we should also say that Marsh is um, the original bronze burner of the group, correct? Yes, absolutely. And it's really important for the Lord Ruler in Mistborn Era 1 to find bronze mistings like marsh and like vin's sister uh who who dies very early for reasons that exist in the book uh but the bronze mistings may not appear to be on the surface the most significant but they are the most valued by the lord Mm -hmm. ruler because he primarily wants to use them to hunt out and kill other mistings yeah and i think again it really fits Marsh's personality, I think sometimes using these like metals to understand the character is mm-hmm. a really interesting device that Brandon uses very well. I completely agree with that. He, he matches them and builds them. And in many ways, that fits so well in the world that exists because personalities are not, in my opinion, personal opinion incoming on this hour-long podcast, the idea that personalities are going to be shaped by the experiences an individual has Mm. so if you're born with these incredible powers Mm -hmm. you're uh and they are from birth that is a aspect of the world yeah part of their spirit web yes so if you're born with these incredible powers they may not manifest when you're young, but they certainly, by the time you're an mm-hmm. adult, if you, if you break... You kind of have a predisposition towards those things. Exactly. But I think just in terms of writing, like, I not every... Yeah, not every fantasy writer makes that connection, and I think that Brandon is able to take something from the storyline, from the magic system, and work that in to flesh out his characters. Mm-hmm. That is pretty amazing, I think. And I think it's so beautiful the way that he plays with both aspects he's a Mm -hmm. writer creating characters so he wants to make that link and also i believe that like from the ground up from the bottom up he's building the characters in a realistic way where their personalities would kind of match their things i think it just works so great those medals right there we have eight of them along with the known god medal at the time atm that is what was originally known about in the Mistborn Era 1. Yep. And then it's through discovery that these other metals are discovered and yeah. eventually are going to be used. So they begin to discover them in the first series, but we really see them in their full capacity in the second series. Absolutely. So let's dive into yeah. many of these metals that will appear more actively used in Mistborn Era 2, mm-hmm. starting with Cadmium. Cadmium gives a user the ability to slow down time. In Mistborn Era 2, the Cadmium user is Marasi. I always say Marasi. And that's what we're going to say here on the show. Marasi <laughs> is able to slow down time. Now, obviously, if there is a push, there must be a pull. What is the pairing with cadmium? We have bend alloy, 
which speeds up time, and we see Wayne using that. And Wayne is also a twin-born, which means he has both a allomantic power and a ferrucumi power. We'll talk about twin-borns in a moment, but both cadmium and bend alloy work by creating a speed bubble around the user. So Wayne is able to create a speed bubble around him, and inside that speed bubble, time is moving faster for Wayne. Yeah, so he is able to move quicker, to do things while time outside has barely passed at all. To pause and take a drink in the middle of a fight, like whatever yeah, he needs do. to do, as he, the one really, does. You know, the important uses. <laughs> <laughs> and for Marasi, she's going to have the opposite power. She's going to create a speed bubble, but inside that speed bubble, time will be slowed down for <laughs> her and sped up for everyone else. In the first book of Mistborn Era 2, she says that the world sees her power as irrelevant. Yeah, she's like, it's completely useless. What am I supposed to do with this? <laughs> Try to think of an ability when you would want time around you only to move slower. Like maybe you're sitting with a beautiful girl and you want that moment to be stretched out. But it's not really being stretched out. Like, you're not feeling right, it differently. Right, exactly. Like, if you think of it, you're like, oh, I would love more time on this homework. Well, you're not actually getting more time. Like, the due date is coming up just you as fast. You're just going slower. moving super slow inside these speed <gasps> like, bubbles. there's no point. Until there are a couple of, like, key aspects and the technology is introduced that will come about in the later books of Mistborn Airplane. Well, and we should say Marasi with her cadmium, she's able to make much larger speed bubbles than Wayne is. Wayne is only able to make a speed bubble about the size of him and like a couple other people. It's pretty limited. Yeah, I Marasi would say, is able to make a bubble as big as an entire room. Like she can really expand it. I would say Wayne is probably limited to something like a five to tops like six or seven foot diameter yeah. across his entire speed bubble and the bigger his speed bubble is the more bend alloy it uses so he doesn't even like right. doing uh, them as big as necessary just try to be as tight as possible but with cadmium you can create a much larger speed bubble and when we start to look at the technology we'll talk about how that's used in world Let's move on to gold and electrum. Mm, yeah. Because gold is discovered as a metal that can be burned in yeah, Mistborn Era 1. It's part of the initial 10 metals in the original, but no one really uses it because it seems kind of pointless. Again, one of the metals that people are like, mm, I don't know, that's not very useful. What gold does is it reveals your past self to yourself, to, not it, to anyone else. <laughs> exactly. It allows you to see your past self. And in Mistborn Era 2, we have another twin-born, uh, Miles, 100 Lives, who has the ability to allomantically burn gold, so he can see past versions of himself. 
but by itself as a misting not incredibly powerful miles is powerful for another reason that we'll talk about uh, but gold has its pairing electrum which reveals your own future again to yourself only, only to yourself now this can be i mean that would be slightly cool. more useful obviously yeah. you can see your own future helpful it's kind of described i believed it one way as like atm light which is the god metal we'll talk mm -hmm. about in a moment so while ATM allows you to see the future, Electrum can kind of be like the poor man's ATM. Yeah, because you only see it for yourself. So not as cool, but still pretty cool. Yeah. Then let's move on to the next two. Do you want to help us out with those? Yeah, we have Chromium and Nicrosil. Chromium will wipe all of the alimantric reserves that another person is holding at the moment. So if Tyler, you know, is an iron misting, guzzles a bunch of iron, I can touch him while burning chromium and suddenly he has no alimantic power left. So again, a power that is not going to be seen a whole bunch or, or used very often, but is incredibly potentially really powerful really powerful because you could imagine you know in the middle of a fight yeah, taking your, out one your whole advantage is your power your alamancy yeah but the way that i see it comes into play more with that technology aspect because chromium mm. could conceivably if worked into a technology be used right. to a kind of like grenade sort of a kind of grenade i was also thinking of just like you, if you didn't have to, maybe they get over the touch aspect of it. Maybe they mm -hmm. don't. Uh, but I, I could see kind of like you're coming to a big party and you don't want any alamancers, and so they have a technology like an antenna or something oh. that kind of creates like a zone around, like kind of like leave, a copper leaving, your, leaving your phone at the door, sort of. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like... Using leave your alamancy at the door. Yeah. It's interesting to see where that could possibly go, but it's not used very often. I think often. you would have to have it. It would have to be physically. But again, like a metal detector, you could have some command and just chromium bar them and yeah. take Ooh, their true. stuff away. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, good call, good call. Um, and then Nicrosil, its uh, flip side enhances the allomantic burn of another person. So if you're a Nicrosil misting, uh, again, just as an example, if Tyler is burning iron, me as a Nicrosil misting could touch him and suddenly he would have much more power than normal. To round out the 16 base metals, we have aluminum and... Duralumin. Aluminum is going to wipe a person's internal alimantic reserves. So where chromium was like an effect on touch. Yeah, you have to do it to like somebody else. Yes. A target. Aluminum is all about to yourself, yourself. To, the, to the individual person. Which is so pointless because imagine you're an aluminum misting. So you would have to swallow a metal in order to burn it. But the metal that you swallow cancels out any metal. The only reason that it is shown to be beneficial, if a misborn takes aluminum and then burns right, it, because it eliminates all of their other metals. Yeah, because a misborn can burn all metals. And that's the only reason it would be beneficial is if you were trying to take away a misborn's power. But for a misting, you're right, it's pointless. Yeah. 
I think they even call them, like, aluminum gnats. Isn't that what they call them? (laughs) Yeah. Because it's, like, so pointless. Um, But then, and that's a great point, using aluminum to wipe a Mistborn of their power. Um, And then also, as technology progresses, they learn that anyone can use aluminum to protect themselves from outside allomancy. So you have people wearing or uh, aluminum hats or covering uh, rooms or boxes with aluminum because it prevents any other kind of allomancy from affecting whatever is surrounded in the aluminum. Aluminum cannot be impacted by allomancy. And we see this in Mistborn Era 2 in the form of aluminum bullets. While aluminum is very rare, it's very expensive to create these bullets the high-level people will normally have either aluminum guns or aluminum bullets so that they cannot be impacted by someone like a steel pusher, and that's wax. Right, because if you have wax, he's able to push on those bullets as they're coming at him to redirect them and protect himself. If you have aluminum bullets, then he can't do that, and you have a much better chance of killing that Alamancer. And just as a... Quick aside, I also think that aluminum is somewhat resistant and possibly entirely resistant to other forms of investiture and magic, but we'll leave it at that. The companion to aluminum is... You want to take this one away? Yeah, duralumin. And Vin discovers duralumin uh, in the first series. What duralumin does is it enhances the next metal that you yourself burn. So again, pointless if you're a misting, because if that's the only metal you can burn, it's not enhancing anything. Um, But as a mistborn, it enables you to get that boost of power for the next thing that you're going to do. Absolutely. And it can be, it will always drain the entirety of whatever next metal you use so it's like right it uses it all up in one large burst exactly versus kind of like the slow burn of a metal over time and there is an upper limit that people can reach like a strong burn you're still limited Mm -hmm. by how much metal you can consume naturally you can't burn it all at once until you get duralumin and that is going to give you that superpower boost Those are the 16 base metals. There are two god metals until there's another god. So let's go over the two god metals that exist. Well, my question is, like, did those metals stop existing after the god stops existing? Like, Yes. Obviously, it's not going to be produced anymore. But if you just stockpile all the ATM and they still have it, I think it's degrading. You think it stops existing? I am not 100% certain by this, uh, but let's just hit the two yeah, yeah, for sure. metals. We have the god metals of Atium and Laracium. Now, Atium and Laracium respectively belong to the two gods or shards on Scadrial, Ruin and Preservation. Atium, yeah, so they're named after the vessels. Correct. Sorry, just in case that wasn't clear. Absolutely. Uh, so we have Atium which is the physical manifestation of the power of a ruin. Yes. Excellent. And then we have Laracium, which is the physical manifestation of 
preservation's mm-hmm. power. Now, because of decisions that those shards made, there is ATM being in Mistborn Era One constantly produced in world by the, the world pits itself. Of yes, and that's where Kelsier is going to be tortured, and and many people are tortured and spend time there as punishment. But from what we know, Laracium only exists in the ten beads that were created by the Lord Ruler. It's not... There's no big well of Laracium anywhere. Instead, Preservation also manifested his body as the mist Mm -hmm. from that series. Atium was constantly being produced. So Laracium is the physical manifestation of preservation's power mm-hmm. and the lord ruler creates some beads of laracium to make himself a full mistborn as well as many of his allies now how many beads he creates precisely i don't know i don't know if it's known yeah but, he but definitely, it is finite yeah that's he, the important part is that there's a finite number of these beads and that's it exactly and so, famously in Mistborn Era 1, Elend gets one of these beads. And in Mistborn Secret History, we know that Hoyd gets one of these beads. We do not know if there are any other Laracian beads out in the universe, but we do not seem think like so. It. We, we, have, we, we don't think see that them. Hoyd had the last one. Yeah, there's no evidence. Those are the two god medals that existed until. We saw some new gods on Skadriel. And the metal... Kind of confusing. In the book, Mistborn, Era 1 and Era 2, specifically Era 2, this metal of harmony is called the Et metal by the southern Skadrians, the people from the south. Yeah, so it doesn't follow that same linguistic pattern or else it would be like... Sazium or something. <laughs> exactly. Which is why during some promotional work for Mistborn Era 2 novels, Brandon did let slip that he calls and he refers to et metal, which is what the characters in world call it, he refers to it as harmonium, the metal of harmony. Yeah. Now, the metal of harmony or the Et Metal, is supremely important to Mistborn Era 2 and to all future Mistborns. Yeah, because it's what makes the technology of the Southern Skadrians work. It is an energy source of sorts. It's compared to alkali metals here in our universe, uh, specifically that it reacts explosively when mixed with water or interact with water because of that aspect that anytime it's introduced to water it creates a massive explosion it is assumed that it would be impossible to ingest Mm. et metal or harmonium uh, because it would instantly explode killing the alamancer or as a hemallergic spike which we'll talk about in just a moment but that's going to be involved impaling a person so can't do that either 
or it would cause an explosion. We don't yet know if it can be used as a metal mine, but we will probably see and explore that in the future. I do think it's interesting that the reaction, unlike other alkaline metals, there's not like an oxide that's produced as a byproduct, mm -hmm. um, but there is something that is produced as a byproduct that Brandon has said is relevant to the Cosmere. So I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. We don't know exactly what he was trying to hint at there, but we yeah. do know that harmonium or et metal is used as an energy source, burning with pure whiteness. The Southern Scadrians use this to power their technology. They've also used it to create powerful weapons, which is what Mistborn Era 2 bad guys are looking for. So harmonium will become more and more important as the Mistborn books go on. The final metal that we are going to look at is trellium. Now trellium is the, again, out of world. Yeah, not the official name. Not the official name, uh, but it is the name given to the metal belonging to the god Trell or associated with the god Trell. Trell is one of my favorite aspects of Mistborn. I love that it carries through. Exactly. It starts as an offhand mention in Mistborn Era 1, and then it kind of just like slowly finds its way here and there, mentioned here, blah, blah, blah. Little weird metal, what's going on? You don't know. And then by the time you get to Mistborn Era 2, Trell is a force. And we don't know what the order that happened that created this but what we know is that scadriel is at risk being attacked by another shard harmony is dealing with non-odium not not odium but is dealing with another shard we believe to be autonomy but autonomy is basically may have adopted the persona of Trell may have always been Trell. I think it's Trell. more like just people in world are naming it Trell because that's a name that's familiar to them. I think so too. Yeah. I, th I think it's... Because it's not, it's not the name of the vessel or anything like that. Exactly. Who is Bavadin, I believe. The original holder of Tanami Shard was Bavadin. So I do think it's just in world the Skadrians are calling this new power Trell. We know that in Mistborn Era 2, there is going to be a metal that is described as having a silver base, but red spots similar to rust uh, throughout the metal. We've been told by Brandon that the color red, when intermixed with other forms of investiture is normally a sign of corruption of some type. So this metal could have come from a different planet, a different uh, system brought by Trell. It could be something that Trell knew about or, or is an alloy of some of those god metals that then mm -hmm. Trell corrupted. But we know that this metal was used to corrupt a... Condra in Mistborn Era 2 by the name of Palm. Trell's going to become more important. It's 
the hidden bad guy of Mistborn era two, but it's not something we have all the details about. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Because that's the 16 main medals and the god medals that we know of so far. But of course, it's just one metallic arc. Let's go into the other metallic arts. We're going to do these ones a little bit faster because there's, uh, well, we have the background now and Mm -hmm. there is simply less information about each one of these specific uh, different abilities when it comes to Furukami. Let's go down the list. How about we do this? I will start and say a metal and it's Furukamo power. Okay. And, and then you can say one as well. Starting with the idea that Furukami is in neutral and it is going to be used by individuals to store some attribute. attribute. Yeah, so rather than burning the metal, they're able to store a specific thing inside of the metal, and then they're able to draw it back out at a specific, or well, not a specific time, whenever they want to. And that's really the key aspect of Furukami that makes it so powerful, is that it can be, ta- because it's, someone's own energy their own ability it can then be taken all at once or in whatever mm-hmm. manner that they so desire where allomancy has a top limit furukami does not so if you store up a bunch of strength by being weak for a long period of time and storing that strength in a metal mind when you want to be strong if you were using pewter as an allomancer, you have a top limit. You can't lift up a mountain. <laughs> but conceivably, if someone spent their entire life weak storing a metal mind, and yeah, then... Yeah, you could draw, draw off a whole lifetime's worth of strength in one moment. In one specific moment and do an incredible feat of strength. So that's really the basis of Furukami. Now let's go through all the different metals, okay? Mm-hmm. Take the first one. Iron stores physical weight. Seen most importantly by Wax as his second uh, power. He is a steel allomancer, but a iron furukamist. And so he has the ability to store his physical weight. And we'll go into how he uses that when we talk about compounding in a moment. Next one is steel, which gives the ability or allows a person to store physical speed tin stores senses pewter stores physical strength zinc stores mental speed allows you to think faster make more connections in your own mind brass stores warmth Mm. copper stores memories which that's where we get the copper mind absolutely and it is the chosen field of the full Farukamist Zazed in Mistborn Era 1. He specializes as a copper mind. Bronze uh, stores wakefulness. Cadmium stores breath. And we 
assume that that means not to get confused with other cosmic worlds. We we literally assume that means the ability to hold one's breath. But I think it could also mean breath on novice. Well, wouldn't that just be investiture, which has its own? Thing? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. It just seems like I don't know. It is very strange. It stands out. It does. <laughs> Uh, what's the next one? Bend alloy stores energy. Gold stores health. This is a very important one because Wayne is able, as a twin born, is able to use gold as his... Farukamal power. His Farukamal power, absolutely. And Miles has it as well. Yes, and we'll talk about twin borns in a moment. Yep. Electrum stores determination. Chromium stores fortune. Luck. Yes, also described as luck. Uh, Nicrosil stores investiture. Very, very significant. Super important. For the technology of Scadrial. And potentially, like, all of the Cosmere. And all of the Cosmere, potentially. Um, aluminum stores identity. And Duralumin stores connection. Capital C connection. That's again the other important one. Uh, we mm. we believe that those last three are pretty big. Yes, absolutely. The idea of investiture, identity, and connection all having to do with the spiritual realm, and that should like send up warning signs or pay attention signs when anything's talking about impacting the spirit realm. Mm-hmm. Now, in Scadrial history, Mistborn Era 1, the Lord Ruler was a full Farukamist because of his ethnic background as a Terrasman. Yeah, historically, Terrace people are the Farukamists. When the Lord Ruler comes into power, he... Because of fear of the blending of the different metallic arts, he bans the terrorist people into kind of isolation and a subservient position in society. And he castrates them. And he prevents, yeah, he physically prevents all but a very few from being allowed to breed. And so... That is done specifically because he does not want twinborns. He does not want a person to be naturally born that has farukamal abilities and alimantic abilities. Yeah, and he ensures that he himself has all of the farukamal and alimantic abilities, so he is the most powerful person, and then obviously he doesn't want anyone to be able to challenge his power. Um, after the events of the first series, terrorist people are free to breed and to intermingle with all of the other people on Scadrial. And so by the time the second series starts, we see that there are now twinborns. Um, there are no more mistborn, but we do have twinborns who can both use Alimantic power and Farukamal power. And we have great examples of that in our main characters, Wax and Wayne. And it's interesting to remember that Allomancy is being passed down genetically. So at least in world, the way that it is described is that the more time that passes between the Lord Ruler and his original allies, the original Mistborn, the less and less mistings there will be 
but it seems like Farukmi is becoming more common as they breed mm-hmm. outside of... So they get some genetic diversity in there yeah. to increase... So Farukmi is becoming more popular, but Misteens and obviously Mistborn became less and less popular. Mistborns after Era 1, and then Misteens are becoming less popular. And that's why in Mistborn Era 2, there's so much emphasis of the plot based around creating new mistings, either through breeding programs or through technology. Cool? Are we all good with Furukami? Yeah, I mean, and I think we've talked about twinborns a little bit. Twinborns are just anyone who has both an Allomantic and a Furukamal ability, but then you have inside of that compounders, and a compounder would be someone who has the Allomantic and Furukamal ability of a single metal. So the best example of this is Miles, who can both burn and store using gold. And when this happens, you're able to burn and store in a single metal. The compounding effect, basically what happens is that for Miles, the two abilities of gold, just to quickly remind, Allomantically allows you to see your own past. Not that helpful, okay? But gold, as a Farukamal power, allows you to store health. Very, very useful. Wayne has that ability as well. Can heal many wounds. Mm -hmm. But he has a limit. Sometimes he uses up all of his metal mind. And then he can't heal anymore. And he has to heal naturally. Mm -hmm. He, He can't create anything. But... What Miles is able to do is burn his gold metal mines. And this compounding effect allows him to amplify, multiply his own stored health. Yeah, so he would take a gold metal mine, store some health in it, and then he's able to slowly burn it and draw out that health. And at an exponential, or not an exponential rate, but at a multiplied rate, which basically means that he is immortal. Actually, I think Brandon has said that it's exponential. Okay. Yeah. So so the effect of compounding basically makes Miles immortal. He can withstand the most damage we've seen of any character, including... Uh, Knight's Radiant on yeah. Rishar. I mean, he takes he, you can't kill him. shotgun blast to the yeah. face. There is, I mean, he's crushed by things. The ability to compound is incredibly rare, but it's also what makes the Lord Ruler so powerful. His compounding ability in all the different metals. He's, he's yeah. a 16 metal compounder. But the one that is really significant that we see a lot is his age because he lasts for, what is it, like a thousand years or something. He is the emperor of the final empire. Um, And he's the first example that we see of this, of this idea of like magic being sort of hacked together for a different um, effect than we have seen previously. I really like that idea of like hacking the magic system to get a different outcome because that's almost what hemallergy is in some ways. And we'll talk about that in a moment. After we just uh, look at a couple of the other twinborns from Mistborn Air 2, Wax and Wayne. Now, Wax 
has the ability to store his own physical weight as well as push on external metals as an alamancer, steel pusher. Wayne, bend alloy, can create those time bubbles, and gold is his fear chemical metal mind, allowing him to store health. One of the interesting things to note is that there is a resonance point. We talked about this in our Magic on Rashar episode last time, but it would appear that there is always an impact, an effect in the Cosmere when two different powers are mixed together. It creates a resonance point and a kind of tertiary power or maybe just not something you would originally expect. When we were looking at magic on Rashar, we saw this in the form of the Knights Radiant, who each have two powers. For Wax, Chris, Cosmere Scholar, wants to explore that resonance point. She literally meets with Wax in Bands of Mind. Yeah, in the ballroom, mm-hmm. has a quick dance with him, and wants to know how he has used his powers, if he's used them simultaneously. Uh, for example, steel pushing super fast flying through the air, and then radically dropping his weight or radically increasing his weight while steel pushing. That type of resonance point effect is not compounding. It's literally created by any merging of two powers. Mm -hmm. So the more twin-born we see, if we see more twin-born, also keep an eye out for that resonance point. Yeah, and I mean, there's so many possibilities there in terms of combination of powers. Yeah, and that really starts to bend the mind (laughs) when you start thinking about the different combinations of powers. And it is the plot point of Mistborn Air 2's Bands of Mourning to find, yeah, the bracers that are used by the Lord Ruler to store his fear chemical power as well as giving you full access to the Mistborn powers. So in that book, the Bands of Mourning are sought out and when eventually held, they give a person the ability of the Lord Ruler. They, they make them a god. And we see originally in the book you're reading this and you're like oh it's the lord ruler's power that makes sense because he could do all this stuff but by the end of bands of mourning we realize that kelsier is he's kind of adopted the title of lord ruler he's at least like playing with it when it comes to the the people of the southern scadrians but he either may have created the bands of mourning or he may have found the bands of mourning that were created by the Lord Ruler originally after his time in Mistborn Secret History, but before Mistborn Era 2. And I just love that idea that Kelsier and Marsh, the brothers, are running around the world <sighs> still, uh, basically immortal for their own two different reasons. Yeah, they're almost like Scadriel's version of Heralds. 
Kind of. <laughs> They're not great heralds. No, no, I mean, let's be honest, the heralds on Rashar aren't great heralds either. But in the past, they might have been. Maybe. Kelsier and Marsh, <laughs> never so much. Let's go on to the final of the three metallic arts. Hemalurgy. Hemalurgy. Yes. And hemalurgy, per Chris in the Ars Arcanum, she says it's possibly the most Cosmere-significant magic power that we've seen. Um, so that's pretty interesting. Uh, and hema, the root there, means blood. So hemalurgy is all about that connection to blood. And let's, let me drop a quote from Harmony here from uh, Hero of Ages. Quote, it's not a coincidence, I believe, that death is always involved in the transfer of powers via hemalurgy. Marsh once described it as a messy process. Not the adjective I would have chosen. It's not disturbing enough. End quote. So let's briefly describe that disturbing process for hemalurgy to work. Hemalurgy is so powerful because it works on the basis of taking a metal spike. And what metal you use is important, but we'll leave off that for a moment. And ramming that metal spike through someone that is already invested and has power. So either on Skadrill, an Allomancer or a Ferrucamist, slamming that spike through a part of their body, the part of the body that you pierce is also significant, and then taking that spike that is now covered with the blood, the investiture, and part of the spirit web from that one person, and slamming the spike into another person, the host. Yeah, so it's kind of like Frankenstein of investiture. That's a good way of looking at it. I mean, hacking, you said earlier, hacking magic systems, Frankenstein's way of creating a, a magic system, hemallergy conceivably can be allowed to transfer any magic from a user to a non-user in an incredibly bloody process. Yeah, it's actually anything anything that is coded by spiritual DNA, so anything that's in the spirit web can be hacked using a hemallergic spike. And that is Word of Brandon. Yeah, let's go off to that Word of Brandon. Do you want to quote yeah, the whole thing? Yeah, I have. Yeah, it's pretty long, but I think it is effective. So why not? Um, okay, so Word of Brandon here on hemallergy. Quote, what is happening with hemallergy essentially is that you're driving a spike through a specific point on a person's body and ripping off a piece of their soul. It sticks to the spike on the spiritual realm. Then you place that spike on someone else in a specific place, maybe not exactly the same place, but on the right spiritual pressure point, and hotwire the spirit to give it hemallergy or furukami. It's like you're fooling the spiritual DNA and creating a workaround, end quote. This idea of hemallergy is, of course, used by the Lord Ruler, possibly invented by the Lord Ruler. I, I believe it yeah. is invented uh, by the yeah. He uses mistings, and this is part of the reason we mentioned earlier that copper allomancers are so important and bronze allomancers are so important because the Lord Ruler is hunting for mistings 
so that he can use them in a hemallergic process. His, and the steel inquisitors that are created, his process is even bloodier than described because from the descriptions in Mistborn Era 1 that what happens to Marsh, they literally put the misting, mm. let's say iron, whatever, they put the misting on top of Marsh and then drive the spike all the way through, through the misting into Marsh. Yeah, and that's because, like we said, hemallergy is end negative. So the longer that the spike is outside of the person's body, the weaker the power becomes. So there is a point where, uh, I believe it's Marsh actually, spikes a misting and then he has to carry the spike over quite a distance to put it into the person he wants to. The whole time he's carrying that over this journey, it's basically leaking power. So what the Lord Ruler wants to do to preserve as much of that power as possible is to eliminate the time period where it's going in between the misting and his new Inquisitor. So he takes out that whole waiting period, just goes right on through. It's still not going to be as much power as the misting had because, again, it's just by nature and negative. However, that's pretty much the most power that you could get from a hemallergic transfer. And Marsh is going to be on the receiving end of at least a dozen spikes. Yeah, but he has he, a lot. He also might be spiked numerous times with the same misting power in an attempt to enhance that. For some reason, I'm, I don't have the quotes in front of me, but I am thinking that he was spiked like over 40 times. Uh, and I again, I could be wrong about that. Um, I'll, I'll double check. I do think he got more than normal, but I don't know if it was that many. But, like we said earlier, it depends on the metal of the spike. Mm -hmm. And I think another uh, important thing to note is that this system uh, introduces the idea of a body focus of magic um, in relation to the spirit web and your spiritual DNA. These sort of, uh, like, acupuncture points. Yeah. Sort of where, like, power is coalesced or important junctures in your spirit web. The chakras. We, of yeah, the sort of. Yeah. yeah. And we also see this idea very subtly presented on Rashar. Um, that chart in the Ars Arcanum indicates that there is a body focus associated mm. with, with each of their 10 essences. And I don't think that that's a coincidence. I think that's going to come into play at some point on their world as well. Absolutely. Uh, and part of the reason why we're doing all of these episodes is to kind of see these connections between yes, the different systems. Absolutely. Um, along with that, something that I thought was really interesting that again points at this connection between magic systems on completely separate planets, there is a word of Brandon um, where the questioner asks... Can hemallergy be used to steal shard blades directly, transferring ownership from the victim to the spike's recipient without a need for the recipient to physically take the shard blade first? And Brandon answers with, a novel use of hemallergy which is not outside the sphere of its powers. Basically so, saying that he hasn't used it in that way, but there's no reason that it can't be used in that way. Right. So that one is kind of confirming that the magic systems could interact. And two, 
uh, confirming that the bonding of a shard blade is attaching it to your spirit web. Yes. Because what a hemolytic spike is doing is removing part of your spirit web. So if it can take the sword away from you, we know that that is how the bonding process of the shard blades works. And if we think of the way that Knights Radiant are talked about on Rishar as kind of working into the cracks of a broken person's spirit web, the shard blade process we know takes a week uh, and it is changing, it is bonding in that spirit web. We know that alamancers are broken uh, physically, mm. normally tortured to activate their alamantic powers. Uh, and all of that suggests, along with things like Kaladin's slave brands and his, un his inability to heal those, that the spirit web is the f kind of focal point or underlying is incredibly significant to each and every one of these magic systems. Yeah, I mean, it's described as their DNA, so I would definitely say it's important. And then the that idea of having a hole in the spirit web, uh, which is also what allows Ruin to be able to get in and use hemolurgic spikes to whisper to his inquisitors, to Vin. Um, it allows him to get in that spirit web and, like, manipulate them, which I think we might see more of. Now, hemolurgy is not being practiced in Mistborn Era 2 as maybe publicly as it once True. was. True, yes. And that's specifically... Actually, don't they, like, not even... They don't know, know about, about it. it. Yeah, yeah, it is secret, uh, and it's not. It's kind of Harmony wanted the information to be lost, but yeah. it was kept by Spook and Marsh, obviously, yeah. who still exist. So both of them kind of gave back to humans the knowledge about hemolurgy because it is an incredibly important power, but it is the easiest one so to corrupt. It's just yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the Lord Ruler uses hemology not only to create the Steel Inquisitors, but also the Coloss and the Chondra, basically as tests for hemology before creating the Steel Inquisitors. Yeah, he created an entire races, I guess, of creatures. Mm -hmm. And one of the aspects of hemology that is most significant is that it can take someone who is normal and not superpowered and give them superpowers in this incredible bloody process but what if we could give people the super powers of scadrail without uh, killing anyone without killing anyone <laughs> at all wouldn't that we're hoping one day you don't have to kill anyone <laughs> the way that you could do that is through technology and in Mistborn Era 2, the theme is that the world is changing, technology is being introduced, you know, the Wild West is dying, and all these new inventions are appearing in the world. More of an industrialized era. And then we have the Southern Scadrians who come in and they have technology way beyond what Wax and Wayne have seen in their world. And the reason that their technology is so advanced 
is because of the metal we already mentioned, et metal or harmonium, used for their power source. Because they had an energy source, likely, this is generally how it goes in industrial revolutions, if you have an energy source, you can start doing things with that energy. And the Southern Scadrians have done things like learned how to fly, you know, creating <laughs> flying machines. So uh, the more energy you ha can access, the more impressive your technological development. And Chris in Arcanum Unbounded actually remarks on this. She says, quote, Indeed, I am convinced that without the Lord Ruler's oppression of technology on the planet for a thousand years, Scadrial would have eclipsed all others in scientific learning and progress, all on its own, without the interaction between societies we enjoy in Silverlight. End quote. Chris is basically saying that Scadrial is not just the most advanced planet, it's that they, they are the most advanced planet despite the fact that they're not connected to all the other planets. Well, no, hold on. Isn't she saying that they would have been if the Lord Ruler hadn't oppressed them for years? Yes. Sorry, sorry. Right, so they are not. But, like, if they had had the opportunity, they would probably already be flying across the flying across space by now. And However, because of their tumultuous past, they're just now getting into technologies that they really should have discovered years and years ago. And we know that in the future, their technology will continue to develop because we yeah. have word of Brandon that Mistborn Era 3 and Era 4 are going to... Space age. Yeah, exactly. Uh, basically kind of more closely follow the trajectory of our development here on Earth of like a medieval time period, industrial revolution is Era 2, modern age would be Era 3, future age would be Era 4. Rough outline right now for how that's going. But that technology, one, you have the energy source, which is at metal. We also have the coins, coins that are created by the Southern Scadrians and the Primer Cube, which is also created by the Southern Scadrians, uh, but I believe the set might have figured out the Primer Cube technology while they haven't got the other things down yet. Yeah, but I think those coins... Are the most important. ...are yet. super interesting. So let's discuss those coins, because these coins are used by the Southern Scadrians to do a couple of things. So... I like to think of them as the Fabrials of Scadrial. Yes, love <laughs> so that So they're these devices that give essentially the power of investiture to people who normally would not be able to. So like on Roshar, you have soul casters, which give the power of ancient surge binding to people who are not surge binders. On Scadrial, you have these coins, which use Nicrosil, Yes. Which stores investiture. investiture. Uh, and that is sort of the the power source of these little coins. Mm -hmm. Then they also have an outer ring, which can be, I think, any, any other metal. metal. Yes. Um, and what that does is when a person who is not um, an Alamancer or a Farukamis, they have no magical powers, if they wear these coins, they have like little armbands that they put them on, mm -hmm. it gives them the power of that outer uh 
metal ring. So for example, if you have a Nicrasil base with a Duralumin outer ring, that uh, stores identity, which connection. is related. Oh, sorry, connection. It's totally fine. Um, which is related to speaking the language yes. of the person that you are speaking to, or rather, I think it's the place that you're in. Correct. Yeah. So giving these magic powers to people who don't have that coded into their spirit web. And it can work for anybody. Wax uses these translator coins and Wayne in oh, yeah, Band great, great point. Yeah. Morning. Uh, it, you were saying, just as an example, someone who has no allomantic abilities. Right. But it can also be used to uh, give an allomancer or an a twin board. they don't have. Exactly. And conceivably, right now we have seen the technology get to a point where you can literally only wear one of these coins at a time. And that's a plot point where you can either choose to be warm because they're flying around where you know much higher so it's cold, or you can choose to be able to communicate uh, <laughs> because one of these coins has Nicrasil and Duralumin, which is connection, allows the person to communicate effectively. And another of these coins has Nicrasil for storing investiture, and the outer ring is brass, which stores warmth. So if you want to get a new power, you have to take off. And the cool thing was that the Bands of Morning would give you access to all the different things and you're super powered. But through technology, they're starting to figure out how to do that without the kind of ancient powers. Mm -hmm. So I would say where hemallergy is permanently altering your spirit web, these little coins are sort of just like an overlay yes. for a temporary adjustment to your spirit web. Yes, and that's a great way to think about it. When we start to imagine what could happen with this technology, you mentioned it's very similar to what's happening on Rashar with Fabrials. I don't think that is a coincidence. I, that's, that's important. Yeah. So keep in mind that as technology progresses in the Mistborn world, how could Fabrials mimic that progression in mm. the Risharian world? Mm -hmm. I believe that this concept of mi mixing Nicrasil and any of the other metals to create technology is the most important aspect of Mistborn going forward. Yeah, we're at the introductory level in Mistborn Era Two, but going forward, it's not going to be about mistings and kind of Mary Sue characters who who have all these abilities and they're the heroes. I think it's more going to be about who has access to technology, and I think Brandon does a great job of like. Just that concept of taking magic and making it into technology yes. is so interesting. I think he's the best at it. And I think we're going to continue to see a development in the story that's happening on Skadriel that is the best example of the Cosmere as a whole. Try to imagine where this could go. We're talking space age technology, faster than light travel, by manipulating these technologies that are starting with like, this coin makes you warm. This one allows you to, you know, Google Translate on the fly. That's where we're at right now. 
But in the future, we believe that they're going to get to space age technology. But it started with this story of a gang that wants to take down the Lord Ruler and steal all of his ATM and get super rich. And it's going to turn into a space sci-fi epic that is going to cover hundreds maybe even thousands of years potentially in the development of Skadrio. I feel like we're almost seeing two sides of the same story. Like by the time we get to the end of the Mistborn series, yeah. um we're going to see their whole society being built essentially. Yes. Um whereas on Rashar, we're like at the end. Like there's so much previously in their history that we don't know about we're like approaching them from two different angles and i think it's going to be really cool to get to the end of the mistborn series and know where it started and like to have this whole narrative and i want to leave us today with probably one of my favorite moments from scadrial and the mistborn books so far this is going to be during the conversation between Harmony and Wax in Bands of Mourning. Supremely important moment. Highly recommend you do just a reread of this if you want uh, some like deep Cosmere knowledge being dropped. But we've kind of laid out all these different aspects of magic on Skadrial, and it's important to keep in mind where this is going. Let's do some uh, let's do some acting here. Are you ready for that? I'm ready. Okay, so Brooke is gonna be wax. I will play harmony. Here we go. I won't be caught in this trap, Wax said. You're the god, not me. You can find a line where you prevent the worst. You can find a line where you're stopping the worst that is reasonable while still letting us live our lives. The light ahead suddenly rolled outward, and Wax found that they'd been rounding a planet. They stood high above it and had stepped from darkness into sunlight, which let Wax see the world below, bathed in a calm, cool light. Beyond that hung a haze of red. All around, pressing in upon the world, he could feel it choking him, a miasma of dread and destruction. Perhaps, Harmony said softly, I have already done just as you suggest. You do not see it because the worst never reaches you. Harmony is protecting Scadrial. He's protecting it so from powerful. what we believe is Trell, that red haze, that god autonomy, or the shard autonomy. Mistborn's going to get crazy. We don't know when it's going to get crazy. Yeah, it's like becoming Rashar almost. <laughs> yeah, there, there's, I mean, there's battles going on between the shards, and like you said, we're seeing the beginning of one society and the end of another society, and it's just like... There's so much going on in the Cosmere. I'm not 100% certain when the next book about Scadrial yeah. is going to be created. Uh, it's not within like the next year or even possibly two years. I think we're getting a fourth Era 2 book. And I think that is like sort of on the near, near future list. Mm -hmm. But that's like the closest thing. And that could be a year or two. Got it. So keep those things in mind. Scadrial is in trouble. Harmony is protecting them. 
and that world is just ripe with magical potential and technology potential. Closing thoughts, Brooke? No, um, I would just say keep uh, checking us out on Reddit and Twitter and Facebook. Hit us up. Tell us your thoughts, your theories. We are planning on doing an Oathbringer breakdown, which could be 97,000 different episodes. I mean, it'll probably be more than one, let's be honest. (laughs) It'll be between one and 97,000 episodes. We promise that. So it's coming. (laughs) (laughs) And then we're thinking about a fan theory episode. Originally, I'd thrown out maybe fan theory before Oathbringer, but Oathbringer changed so much. Definitely need Oathbringer first. Yeah, so (laughs) we're going to do a Oathbringer marathon. Yeah. And then we're going to look at some fan theories. So reach out to us. So if you're still reading, keep reading. Yes. If you finished, read it again, because that's what we're going to do. And until next time, life before death. Strength before weakness. Journey before destination. (laughs) 